you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. Uh, and shout out to the person in my Twitter mentions who asked me why I say all the same things that the voiceover announcer says right before I start talking. Uh, put it on me because I am just stuck in this mode of introducing the show each and every time the same exact way. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's just comforting that way. We all need normality uh, in 2020. So. Uh, yeah, I know I repeat everything that was just said, but you know, this is how we roll here on this show. But I uh, appreciate you noticing. Anyway, uh, it is still at the moment of us recording this show, week 12. That may change sometime during the midst of the day because there is Wednesday afternoon football. Uh, the Ravens and Steelers are finally set to play, we hope. Uh, and there will be talk about that probably later on on the network. Full disclosure, uh, look, we have tried to preview this game multiple times in the last few days. And because it keeps getting shuffled, it keeps getting pulled from the from the podcast and from the streaming show. Uh, and look, by the time this pod comes out, chances are the game will be underway. Uh, by the time you listen to it, the game will probably be over. So uh, we're not going to preview it because we've tried and you know, it just hasn't worked out. So uh, look, I I really don't know what else to say about it beyond that, but uh, we got plenty, plenty of other things to talk about on this show. Adam Rank will join us, and we'll do some of his starts of the week. We'll also talk about uh, some guys that maybe you consider benching for other players just because the matchup is bad, or, or maybe you wouldn't. And, of course, we'll have some wiretaps at the end of the show. That's a whole lot. Before we do any of that, though, we'll talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy, Esquire, and Murph. Uh, what are you planning? Do you have any major plans for uh, this momentous occasion of Wednesday afternoon football? Um, well, I have to make sure the masses could hear our awesome uh, NFL Fantasy Football podcast as well as uh, assist with anything for the digital show. Um, I am looking forward to this uh, game just to see if the Steelers are for. There's a lot of weird talk going around the Steelers lately. Are they overrated? Do they beat anyone who's really that good? Um, are they still better than the Chiefs uh, just because of their record? So it's interesting to see how they're going to handle the the Ravens here. And I do think they should win this game, obviously, without Lamar Jackson. But um, no, I'll just be watching it uh you know on my on my couch uh and cheering on uh former notre dame fighting irish wide receiver chase claypool you know i feel like for for steelers fans at least they almost have sort of a a built-in excuse regardless of what happens i mean i know that you know for them obviously winning is important and they want to stay undefeated if they win um, then it's like, well, of course we're supposed to win. I mean, you know, the Ravens didn't really have most of their guys playing. If they lose, then they get to fall back on the, well, we were supposed to play this game however many days ago, and it got moved four times, and it was unfair to us. So I feel like for, for Steelers fans, there's, there's, just, there's a cushion here regardless of how this game turns out. Absolutely, and, and they have struggled versus some 
pretty mediocre teams. Like everyone was really worried about the Jaguars game because the Jaguars seemingly had their number for like a decade uh, under Mike Tomlin. And then the Cowboys game, they struggled. So these teams were pretty, you know, mediocre to bad. The the Steelers look kind of shaky. So if they are kind of weird in this one, then people the doubts will still creep in, creep in because everyone just needs that number one seed. Now it's so important um, in the AFC. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they put this team away, then I, I do trust the Steelers as the, the best second best team, but if they struggle, it's yeah. I mean, you start to, to worry like are the Titans better or there's someone, you know, another team uh, in the AFC South better. Like it's, it's weird. Yeah, it, it is. It's going to be an interesting situation. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. At least nothing else. Uh, we'll all remember where we were when Wednesday night football or Wednesday yeah. afternoon football was played uh, in the NFL. All right. Uh, let's bring in our pal Adam Rank, as we always do on Wednesday, to talk about any number of various things here. Uh, our, my first question, though, is are we going to get NFL Yahtzee? Are we going to have like a Friday game to sort of complete the set uh, at some point this year? Yeah, the the Christmas like Christmas is on a Friday, I think, or Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. We have a Friday game this season, so we're gonna have football every day of the week. And Wednesday, I think, was the holy grail. There was some sitcom <laughs> on like TV Land where I think one of the plot points was like a Wednesday night football game. We were like, that'll never happen. Like that's the dumbest thing. But I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. Like I I understand that we're pretty, you know, we're we're gonna be working through it. Like this is our job, and this is what we're gonna do. So it's not gonna we're not gonna be like the 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 rest of America sitting there slamming, you know, Schlitz tall boys or whatever, having a good time. We'll be working, but I'll still be enjoying it. I do know that we get it back because the one thing that I love is March Madness. And there's nothing better than having corpuscular beers, you know, waiting for that <laughs> 9 a.m. pick kick, pick off, you know, like Davidson is playing Loyola Marymount and you're just waiting for it. And uh, you're just sitting there and you're just you're drunk by 10 a.m. And it's great. So I think for a lot of people. This is going to be enjoyable. And again, I know I'm the guy that always says this. If you want to make this an annual thing with the Wednesday afternoon game, I'm all for it. <laughs> One, excellent use of crepuscular. Uh, and <laughs> two, I say we should just go completely off the rails with this. And I know NBC might not get down with it. But let's just put this game on true TV. I mean, if we're going to go Ooh, all the yeah. way NCAA <laughs> tournament on this, let's put this game on true TV. Let's have people like tweeting, you know, five minutes before kickoff, like, hey, what channel is this on? Like, let's just let's just get all the way nuts about it. All right. Yeah, um, I want impractical jokers commercials all through right. the entire game. That's what that would make it a, a happening. Absolutely. Uh okay, let's let's turn our attention and do some fantasy headlines, shall we? We will start off. Uh, in Houston, the big news that came out uh, a couple days ago, Will Fuller announced via Instagram that he is being suspended for six games for violating the NFL's uh, performance-enhancing drug policy. So for all intents and purposes, that takes him out for the remainder of the fantasy season. So then who picks up the slack rank in the Houston offense with Fuller gone? Yeah, this is a huge bummer. And also, his first game with the Packers next year will be impacted as well. The thing is, obviously, we're going to be talking about Kiki QT at some point during the show, but I did want to take an opportunity to talk about Duke Johnson, who I think could be the guy who steps up in this instance, because what we started to do once this news broke the other day, I know we were getting ready for NFL Fantasy Live, and we started looking through the Houston depth chart, and they'd gotten rid of Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb is on the IR. There's not a lot of depth there. But the one thing that we did see on Thanksgiving was Duke Johnson run some pretty nice routes, caught a touchdown pass himself. I think that's the guy that they turned to. And I would love to see Duke step up. He's never going to be a between-the-tackles type of runner, 
But I think that he can catch the football pretty well. So Duke Johnson, if you've had him for the last couple of weeks since David Johnson's been out, I think you got yourself a pretty good asset there. I think that's an interesting name, too. And I know how you feel about Duke Johnson. Uh, (laughs) I'm a fan of him as well. And I always go back to he's a good running back on teams that have had better running backs. He's a good receiver on teams that have had better receivers. But now with Will Fuller gone, I I would suggest that, you know, look, there's Brandon Cooks. And I guess maybe you could put Kiki QT on par with him as a receiver. But, you know, I know we're all sort of looking at the next man up on the depth chart. But maybe Duke Johnson really is the answer Uh, if they decide to get creative with him, split him out wide a little bit more. Uh, and let him do more receiver type things, maybe he really is the answer. And so it becomes of instead of trying to fill your wide receiver spot, you use Duke to fill a flex spot. Uh, I think that's certainly a possibility. But uh, it, it 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 stinks to see Will Fuller's season in this way because he was playing so well. Um, but uh, it looks like he is going to be gone until 2021. By the way, I might add one more thing too. Sure. I, I meant to, to bring this up. First of all, I hope Deshaun Watson starts running the football a little bit more, but we did Mike Florio. I had him check this out. So I'm taking his work. I'm like the people who are reporting, who are reporting off of Will Fuller's Instagram. So Mike Florio looked this up. The numbers for Deshaun Watson without Will Fuller are lower as you would expect, but they're not significantly lower. It's, it's a two point difference. It's from going from 24 points to 22. It's not a, it's not a complete falling off the table like Matt Ryan where when Julio is not on the field, he just becomes the worst quarterback in the league. Deshaun Watson is still going to be really good. So I just wanted to get that out there just to reassure everybody. Don't, don't sweat Deshaun Watson. I don't know if I have him listed in my, I, I think I have him in the column. I don't know if we have him in the rundown, but I did want to make sure that, you know, start Deshaun Watson this week. Deshaun Watson has been great this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if at the end of the season, he complains of back pain because he's been carrying the Texans uh, as much <laughs> as any one human possibly can be. Um, Daniel Jones is hurting right now. He did have a hamstring injury last week, but now apparently it is not as serious as first feared. And there is an outside shot that he plays this week against the Seattle Seahawks. Now it, it seems like a slim chance for him to be on the field, which means we very well may see Colt McCoy. If it is indeed McCoy, how much does this impact the rest of that giants offense? Well, I think it's somewhat significant, although I would like to see an uptick for Wayne Gallman, who's been playing pretty well. The receivers mm-hmm. have been good this this year, too, and I think Sterling Shepard would definitely be a start if Daniel Jones is able to go. I know that I put Daniel Jones in my column. We might have to readjust that at some point over the course of the week. I just want to put the information out there as we we work through this because I it always feels like every time we talk about, like, Daniel Jones might not play like Daniel Jones is playing. And he rushes for 80 <laughs> yards. So I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But I do think that this is a good matchup. I know the Seahawks defense has been playing better. They're not the dumpster fire that they once were. But I do think that a team like the Giants, who have, you know, a, a little bit of a better offensive scheme right now than the Eagles, might be mm-hmm. able to go out there and do a little bit of damage. So hopefully Daniel Jones will be ready to go this week. I mean, they're a first place team, so why wouldn't they have a better why offensive scheme? Be? I mean, you know, it, it just stands to reason. Uh, look, I still believe in Evan Ingram. Uh, you know, I, I think he's sort of leading the way in that passing game. You mentioned Wayne Gallman, who I, I had to issue a an apology to uh, on this very show because I didn't believe in him, but he has played well, and I, I have to admit that. So uh, I think he still gets the ball. Anybody else in that offense, I would probably stay away from. So that means Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, 
Uh, you know, I don't know if anybody's starting Golden Tate. Is Golden Tate even playing for the Giants right now anymore? Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. He was, situation is. he was second in targets last week with them, All I right. believe. So Golden Tate, if anybody is starting him, I would probably shy away from that this week too. Uh, but but Ingram and Gallman, I still have at least a, a certain level of confidence in, uh, regardless of who the quarterback is going to be this week against Seattle. Uh, last bit of news, Kyle Shanahan says he is, quote, holding out hope that Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle could return before the end of the regular season. Hopefully, for our purposes, that means before week 17. I, I know that for you know a lot of people who are in leagues with, you know, certainly keeper leagues or leagues with IR spots, those folks have held on to George Kittle more than likely. I see that he's still rostered in, I think, 81% of NFL.com leagues. But if you don't have an IR spot or if you're in a league where somebody maybe, you know, gave up and, and put him back on the waiver wire, is it worth like trying to stash him just in the hopes that maybe he comes back? Yes. Before I mention that, though, I do have to I do have to point out that these glasses that I'm wearing are a gift from George Kittle. Like he him and Sweet. his wife designed. Yeah, they designed some frames for Zenny. And so they're like, hey, do you want some? And I'm like, of course, dude, I love them. And uh, I'm glad that he thinks that I have the swag to pull this off. It's very nice of him. That, that He's a sweet man. But I will say this. Even if you don't have an IR spot in your fantasy league, I would consider holding on to George Kittle. Because right now, you know who your starters are. You can look at your <laughs> roster. There are a couple of players who you know just aren't going to play. You, you're just not starting them. And it's you know, they might be periphery type players that maybe I might play Malcolm Brown at some point. You're not going to do that. OK, so George, but George Kittle, but he's a difference maker when he's on the field. And I can't wait for him and Debo to be on the field at the same time, because those guys are monsters. Mm -hmm. And so I really am holding out hope that if it's a week 16 play or something like that, I would want to go with George. Kittle. There's outside of Travis Kelsey. There is no other tight end. I would rather play than George Kittle on one leg. Like, you have to play him. <laughs> so I would look right now. If he's available on your waiver wire, go pick him up. I've played in a couple of leagues where people dropped him, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go pick him up. I'm going to hold on to him because I knew, and then one of the guys that I dropped this week to pick up Kittle, this is so funny this happened, was Kiki QT. So <laughs> I, it's not always perfect. But at the same time, I would rather have Kittle because I'm probably still not playing Kiki. So I don't know. I would go and make that move. I think that's a set. Like this is a savvy. This is a time of year where you got to start looking ahead, and we're going to talk about this when we do starts and sits. Because I've got, I've got a thing you got to stick around for because this could save your season. But start looking ahead. Know what your playoff roster is, and then find guys like this who could come in and end up winning a league for you. I think especially because, uh, look, I, I don't know if you've heard this before, but uh, the tight end position not very deep this year. So if there's a chance that you can get legitimately one of the top two tight ends coming back for you for the fantasy playoffs. I think you do have to take that chance. And I look, I go back to look, look, when, when Antonio Brown you know, was first hinting that he might come back uh, every time there's, you know, any sort of positive news about Josh Gordon, how everybody rushes to the waiver wire to go add these. Yeah. I mean, look, I got, I got questions about Des Bryant, uh, you know, whether or not it was worth picking him up. Revenge game next week. Ooh, that's right. A, a, a Ravens-Cowboys revenge game for Des Bryant. Um, 
but like if people are willing to kind of take dart throws at some of those guys, then why wouldn't you take the chance and hold on to George Kittle when and where you can? Because look, it, it beats trying to stream Logan Thomas for the third time or, <laughs> you know, trying to, you know, throw a dart at one of the Seahawks tight ends. You know, I would certainly rather take George Kittle uh, at less than 100 percent than pretty much any other tight end that's out there. Maybe, you know, save Travis Kelsey and, and maybe Darren Waller or something like that. You so, know, you know, what's funny about that, though. Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey is 65 points better than Darren Waller, who is the yeah. tight end too. <laughs> Darren Waller is 65 points better than Tyler Higby, who is awful. <laughs> uh, like he's a good NFL player. Like he's good at his job. But I mean, compared to other NFL tight ends, it's scoring fantasy points. He's awful. Like that's that's the drop. Like it's so <laughs> significant. I don't. I don't know. I. I. Got to do it. Like for the reasons you said. Like. We're, we're giving you solid advice. Go pick up George Kittle if he's available. Go, right. If he's available, go get him. If you have him on your roster, hang on to him because it's, it's just worth it. Even if it's just a couple games at the end of the season, it is totally, totally worth it. Uh, you know what else is worth it is DraftKings. They are the sponsor of today's show. DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy sports. They have millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, so download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details it's time for secure starts presented by visa for peace of mind online visa's got you covered and normally we do these starts and sits at this part of the show today a little bit different but we are still going to do the start so uh let's just start there uh so right for the quarterbacks that folks should have in their lineups uh who are you focusing on this week Well, the first quarterback I want to talk about is Kyler Murray. I know there was some trepidation with him now. I don't know who it was on Fantasy Live who said that he's now a dumpster fire. It wasn't me. I still think that he's a pretty good start. And I know he's going up against – who was it? Like, I don't know. Somebody said – I know it was overreaction theater, which you and Kimmy do on Monday. Maybe it was on this show. I don't know. But listen, I know that this is a tough matchup against the L.A. Rams, who've been very good against some opposing quarterbacks. They've shut down – some of the league's best, but Kyler has scored at least 20 fantasy points in 10 of his 10 of his 10 of his last 11 games, 10 rushing touchdowns this season. He had 325 and two touchdowns the last time he played the LA Rams in week 17 to 2019. So I think you're fine. And I'm also another quarterback people might be worried about is Justin Herbert, who was okay against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, but He's still, a like to me, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. He's still the QB5, 20 fantasy points in eight out of his last 10 games. And really, if you look at the end of that game, we were owed a garbage time touchdown by Justin Herbert because because that's just the way football works. But the Chargers, (laughs) that was the worst sequence of plays I've ever seen in in my life. And I used to cover Ocean View football games. Ocean View High School in Huntington Beach, where Samoa Joe went. I think Samoa Joe was playing on one of the teams one time when I was there. But in any event, that was awful. Don't worry about Justin Herbert. Don't worry about the Patriots this week. He's going to throw the football. He's going to be fine. He can be back starting in your lineups. Don't sweat it. Don't worry about it. So we do overreaction theater. This feels more like reassurance theater. Just tell right. everybody that it's going, to, it's going to be okay Maybe right a little. now. I gotta, uh, can uh, I tell uh, you? Tw- oh, I'm sorry. I know this is no, Visa's segment. No, I would. I, this is how much faith I have in Justin Herbert. I had him and Aaron Rodgers in my league of record. I traded Aaron Rodgers two weeks ago. I probably wish that I had Aaron Rodgers because his schedule's better. But unfortunately, the guy who has given me DK Metcalf 
would rather have had Aaron Rodgers. So you kind of make that sacrifice. I'm still really confident and I'm really confident. I know like, I think it's Rotoviz who said that Justin Herbert had like the third worst schedule in the fantasy playoffs. He's got the Falcons. He's got the Raiders and he's got the Broncos. Like, I don't, I'm not scared of any of those matches. Broncos are at home too, by the way. Not that it, not that weather's a huge thing to Herbert who played his football at Oregon. That's a good schedule. Like he's going to be fine people. So chill out. This is a toughish, toughish matchup. Stardom. He's going to be fine. Justin Herbert, man, coming in to save our fantasy lives. Who would have thought it uh, back in April? Certainly very few people, if anybody. Uh, running backs. Which running backs are, are on the start list this week? Well, I'm going to go with David Montgomery. And that Bears game on Sunday night was awful. There was not a lot of things to enjoy about it. Unless you're playing fantasy football and you were starting David Montgomery. You're starting Allen Robinson and, of course, any of the Packers. It was a wonderful evening for you. I hope you enjoyed it. But once again, David Montgomery has probably the best matchup of the week going up against the Detroit Lions or Detroit Lions. Sorry. There's a guy on Twitter who always corrects me because I say it incorrectly. Detroit Lions. They've allowed the fourth most rushing yards per game to running backs this season. Uh, the, the most fantasy points to running backs this season. So David Montgomery in a game where I really do believe the Bears are going to come out and show a little bit of pride. And the young kids like Alex Bars and some of the other kids on the offensive line we're really starting to show me something. So I hope that they can go out there and continue that and have a great game against the Lions. And then we talked about the Giants previously. I still think that Wayne Gallman is the guy that you have to start. He's had at least one rushing touchdown in five consecutive games. The Seahawks have still allowed the fifth most fantasy points to running back since week five. They've allowed a top 15 running back in three out of their last four games. Um, the, the, the Eagles are a dumpster fire, so I don't think that you should really count that. And really, this goes back to... When Saquon Barkley went down, I felt like they should have gone with Wayne Gallman. Like sometimes the best options are in-house, if you know what I'm saying. It's like when the WWE, they lost, I think it was Daniel Bryan. They got they got into a situation where they lost one of their top superstars just ahead of a major pay-per-view. I think it was WrestleMania. Forgive me if I'm getting this incorrectly. And they turned to Kofi Kingston, which you wouldn't have thought. Like a lot of people didn't think of like, oh, Kofi should be a champ. I did because I'm smart. But like Kofi <laughs> came in, it was amazing. Like he is the, you don't need to go outside of the building. They always love to go to Brock Lesnar. And it's like, you don't need to do that stuff. You have guys in house who are really good. So Wayne Gallman is the Kofi Kingston of your fantasy season, which means he's awesome. And even if Colt McCoy is the starting quarterback, who's not bad, like Colt McCoy is a decent quarterback. I would still start him this week. You, you took the analogy right out of my head. So uh, I, I appreciate it. Really? That. You were going to use a Kofi Kingston thing? I was totally going to use it. I, you know, <laughs> I had it written down here and everything. I can't find the Stop notes it. now. But I, I, I had it written down. Just believe me. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Wide, That's awesome. Wide, wide receiver. This feels like a little bit more reassurance theater here there with the, uh, the wide receiver picks. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett this week. And I was I was hanging out with uh, DK Metcalf yesterday. That guy is so cool. I love – we've had, like, such good luck with, like, him and Chris Godwin just being, like, super cool guys. I've enjoyed it. But Tyler Lockett was not great on, on Monday night, and that's okay. He's going to be fantastic this week against the New York Giants. You know, he's had at least nine targets in two out of his last three games. The big thing is, is James Bradbury. James Bradbury is going to be locked – on to DK Metcalf. Now, I'm not I'm not afraid of starting DK this week. I'm certainly keeping him in my lineup. I know that James Bradbury is very good. But what that means is it opens it up for Lockett, especially since he runs 52% of his slots, or excuse me, 52% <laughs> of his routes from the slot. 
forgive me. Uh, the Giants have allowed five receiving touchdowns to slot receivers this season. That's tied for the eighth most in the NFL. So Tyler Lockett is going to be good. And Justin Jefferson, I I just want to talk about Justin Jefferson for a second because this was a guy when we were doing our mock drafts, and I'm not talking about fantasy mock drafts. The NFL allows me to do mock drafts, like with Daniel Jeremiah and Chad and Bucky and all those guys. Like, it's awesome. Like, and I, I'm in Peter. Like, I, I get to do these, and it's, like, super cool. And I had Justin Jefferson as – I think he was my top receiver. And I had him going to the Eagles, and that didn't work out. But he's he's gone to the Vikings, and he's been excellent. And I think that he's got a great matchup again this week. The one thing that I really appreciate, appreciate about Justin Jefferson – is that he's in a situation, it's kind of like the Juju Smith thing where he was playing opposite of Antonio Brown and went out and was fantastic. Justin Jefferson was put on an island last week and it was like, look, it's your ball game now. You got to go out there and win this for us. I guess a pretty good defense. Like the Panthers aren't bad. And he went out and he did it. And I hate, this is the, I, I, gosh, I love Stephon Diggs so much, <laughs> but I always hated that he played for the Vikings. Because like, I really like this player, but I don't like the Vikings. And now Justin Jefferson is going to end up being one of my favorite players in the league. And he plays for the Vikings and it hurts my feelings, but thankfully the Vikings <laughs> are fraudulent and they're never going to win anything. So I can still enjoy them, but it's tough. But I just wanted to say that about him. You were starting him anyways, but I wanted to give Justin Jefferson some love because he deserves it. I feel like sometimes that's what we just need to do on these shows, <laughs> right? Like I know, like, you know I, I think we get to a point in the season where it's like, well, of course you're starting these guys, but sometimes I think we just want to talk about how good they are uh, and give them some props for, for performing well. And Justin Jefferson fits into that category. Plus uh, I know for Eagles fans watching Jalen Rager sort of be stuck in his tracks <laughs> this year. I know they, they look longingly over at Justin Jefferson and they're like, we could have had that guy, uh, but we don't. Um, what would happen if the Eagles had DK Metcalf and Justin Jefferson? Because I know a lot of people oh. be like, they they'd still be terrible. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. Those those <laughs> like <laughs> I, really I know it, I think it'd be way different. I think it'd be way different. Really By the way, good. we should know too. I think Adam Adam Thielen was activated, or yes. Mike Zimmer said today that he expects him to play, or he might have been activated. Even with Adam Thielen coming back, I'm still starting Justin Jefferson this week. Yeah, he has been activated from the COVID list, so he is on track to play this week. But you're right, still start Justin Jefferson. Also, Eagles fans, I think Jalen Rager is going to be good in the long term, so uh, oh, yeah. you, can, you, can, you can calm your panic on that one. All right, let's talk about tight ends because, you know, it's part of the shtick we do here. So uh, which tight ends are we starting this week? Well, Evan Ingram, you know, again, going back to the Giants, and I know a lot of it, my, I, I don't really just – I don't believe that it's dependent on Daniel – like obviously you want Daniel Jones to be the starting quarterback this week, but I still feel very confident in Evan Ingram no matter who the quarterback is. Again, number one, because the tight end position, just it, it there is, just isn't a lot of depth, and I, I guess that's the easiest way to put that. But he has had at least nine targets in four out of his last five games. His 25% target share since week seven is the second most amongst tight ends. I'm assuming the first is going to be – Travis Kelsey I would go with the points per game against tight ends against because Seattle was good against tight ends up until last week and that's it's, it's always hard to quantify because the Eagles run 12 personnel all the time and they go and you know and they do a lot of different things and they always throw to their guys do we have another tight end hold on this is where my notes get all mixed up again oh Darren Waller I am so sorry guys I'm still working through my <laughs> monitor issues well, I got to have program. This uh, when I'm doing starts and sits, I have to bring up a different document. Oh, there's the rundown. It's buried behind this document. I am so sorry, Darren Waller. Last week, I made fun of everybody, where I was like, "Oh, he's good one week, he's bad the next. He's good, he's bad." And you know what? 
If you didn't start him last week because of that stupid trend, you were right, and I hate you for it. <laughs> this week, this week he's got the Jets, who've allowed a lot of production to the tight end position this season. I believe it's the fifth most, the fantasy tight ends. So when he start, when he when he crushes it this week, it's not because of that stupid trend. It's not. <laughs> it's because the Jets are not good against tight ends. But you know what? You guys are going to have it for another week, and it's going to make me super upset. And I, I almost guarantee you I will be sitting in this seat next week talking about, like, don't follow that stupid trend. You will, and it'll work out for you, and I will still sit here. I won't hate my life because I have Kelsey on so many teams, but I I will be upset. It is really frustrating, though, to watch that turn out to be when it right. When it, it is against all actually natural logic that it should work, but it does. Um yeah, it is the, it's the button mashing of playing fantasy football. Like, whatever, yeah. it just worked out for you. Uh, all right, a couple of defenses that folks should start this week. Well, I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. And this is one of the things is why you should always be looking ahead when you're setting, especially for fantasy defenses. You always want to start picking up teams that have two-week windows because last week they were playing the Jets. And honestly, even the week before, they were playing the Broncos, so that wasn't terrible either. But you got another banger this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Dolphins recorded three sacks last week against the Jets, and I would be shocked, shocked, if they did not match and exceed that total this week. I mean, not totally shocked. It's 2020. The Bengals could win this game, and it would seem normal. So I would still go with, go with that. And then my other team, I guess, I would have changed my mind. But I put the Minnesota Vikings here. And I actually, if you read the column, I have the Minnesota Vikings in the sit ledger. But this is still a fine matchup. You know, streaming guys against Duval County. My friends down in Duval. But it doesn't always work out. Like the Browns. Glenn, Glennon, you know what I'm saying? Like last week, played pretty well against the Browns. And I know a lot of you were streaming them. I'll get to the Browns in a second. But Glennon on the road. Does seem like a good idea, and I like that. And if you are out of options, the Vikings aren't terrible. Uh, but I do believe that the Jags are going to score. I think that's the one thing. So I, that's why I consider the Vikings more of a low-end streamer. And I'd rather pick up the Packers if possible. I don't think it is at this point. The Bears, a lot of people might have given up on the Bears already. I think the Bears might be a little bit of a better option. But otherwise, the Vikings are fine. They're a fine streamable option. One, I think the folks down in Duval know their situation just just based on the Jaguars accounts that I follow. Uh, they they sort of understand where they are, <laughs> and I think uh, they plus Mike Glennon. So so I had this I had this dilemma. And I'll ask you this, like uh, you know, because I write the waiver wire column every week for NFL.com, and I, I was sort of like. It was sort of like last week, right, when it was like the Carson Wentz versus the Seahawks defense. Which way do you go? I sort of had this Mike Glennon versus the Vikings defense. I, I didn't put Glennon in the in the waiver wire column as a streamer, but I was really, really tempted to say, look, if you if you really need a quarterback, if you're hurting, maybe give Mike Glennon a try. I don't know. Was that was that crazy? Was that was that weird thinking? Bro, dude, like Mike Glennon's been gone in my league for three weeks, bro. <laughs> try again. That is, like, that is always. I saw you. I think you tweeted that out. That is always the worst. It the guy's the been worst. gone for weeks, man. Like, okay, fine. You stopped the band. I appreciate it. You, 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 you thought of a drink. The bartender didn't know. I, I, okay. I don't hate that that option. I, I was actually a fan of Mike Glennon when he was in Tampa Bay. I thought. You know, for a third round pick, I thought, okay, like he's got some upside. And then the Bears brought him in. You're like, ugh. But, and when the Bears brought him in, you were thinking, like, well, they're going to draft 
Jamal Adams, which is going to be great. So you're like, okay, I can kind of live with this. They drafted Mitch, as we all know, which didn't quite work out. So I, I think that he's gotten kind of a little bit of a bum rap. Like, I don't think he's great, but I think he's a better game manager than a lot. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the Bears would have done if they would have. I don't know. There's a lot of variables. <laughs> Fine. I, I don't know. The, the streaming, though, I would actually wait because if Colt McCoy ends up being the quarterback for the Giants, mm-hmm. I think I'd rather go with him than Mike Lennon, but that's just me. Yeah, well, uh, by the way, McCoy is taking the first team reps with the Giants, so it looks like he is going to be the guy to start. I don't, I don't expect Joe Judge to pull some last minute switcheroo on us uh, with their right. quarterbacks. So, uh, yeah, so I feel okay about leaving Glennon out. But you know, just for anybody listening or watching, uh, if you're feeling saucy and maybe you want to try him, say in a daily lineup, uh, you know, Mike Glennon's out there for you. Ooh, there right you there, it is. Uh, okay, anyway, that was Secure Starts presented by Visa because we got to get that in. Um, so we normally do these sits in this part of the show, but instead right. of just doing these sits, we decided to do something different. And you brought up, I think, a really good point about the Browns' defense because I had sort of suggested them as a streamer. I know you had as well. Uh, and it seems like people have decided that their value is over. They're dropping them now, and that seems like a bad idea. No, that's very true. And this was something that I, you know, we just stumbled upon as I was putting together this column. Because normally the sits are like, J.D. McKissick. You're like, thanks, Rank. <laughs> I was going to start him. Matthew Stafford. You're like, okay, we get it. But I was talking about the Browns because I know a lot of people picked them up over the last couple of weeks. They had some plus matchups. Two weeks ago, it worked out really well. Last week against Duval, it did not. Now, obviously, this week they're going up against the Tennessee Titans who've allowed the second fewest fantasy points to opposing DST. So it just makes sense you would drop them. That's a that's a fun offense to watch in Tennessee. So, of course, you would drop them. And the following week, the Browns have the Ravens. And I don't know how you feel about that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of fluidity with that one. But <laughs> what we did notice that in weeks 15 and 16, the Cleveland Browns are playing both New York teams. And I believe mm-hmm. it's either the – I think it's the Giants first or the Jets. It doesn't matter. The thing is, these are plus matchups. And if you're going to be streaming defenses through the fantasy playoffs, these would be the defense. This would be a defense that you would absolutely pick up. So if you're doing your waivers right now, and thankfully we've had a longer week, and waivers <laughs> might be setting tonight or they might be setting Thursday. And I know our producer, Ryan Bartlett, was talking about this this morning. Don't drop the Browns. Hold on to the Browns. And this goes back to the conversation that we were having about George Kittle. You know who your starters are in fantasy. You know. You don't need that. You don't need Malcolm Brown. You don't need Travis Homer. You don't need any – like you don't need any of these periphery guys that – Michael P. Ryan, you can drop him. If you're carrying an extra quarterback like Matt Ryan, drop him. Hold on to the Browns. Now, I don't care who you're streaming this week. Find somebody else to drop. Hold on to the Browns. It's worth holding on to them for the next two weeks. And this playing them in week 15, these guys can win your fantasy season. They could get you 15 points in each of those games. So hold on to them this week. I know it's tough and not everybody's going to be able but what do whatever. You, even if you had to sacrifice <laughs> playing them this week against the Titans, I would want them for the playoff stretch. Completely agree. And a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, uh, we did the first version of the fantasy bunch on NFL Fantasy Live. And someone asked about 
a defense to pick up and sort of hold on to down the stretch. And I said the Browns were probably one you wanted to look at. I mean, I knew they had the, the Eagles matchup coming. They had some really good matchups. And as you mentioned, those two New York teams in weeks 15 and 16 were sort of the clincher for me. So, uh, you know, and I, the Browns, to be honest, they're playing well. They're what, they're eight and three right now. They're very much <laughs> in the thick of things in the playoff race. A lot of it has to do with their defense. Miles Garrett just being a one-man wrecking crew when he's been on the field. And the matchups are so good. So uh, I know that the Browns aren't necessarily one of those defenses that everybody thinks about immediately uh, when we talk fantasy football, but they deserve to get some love because uh, they're playing well and the schedule just works out really nicely for them. So uh, here we are. All the little chicks with the crimson lips go Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. Uh, Anyway, if you want the full list of Adam Rank's starts and sits, you can check it out at NFL.com slash start sit. So he will have the actual sits there for you. He'll have some more starts there for you as well to help you make those lineup decisions in the final week of the fantasy football regular season. I mean, this is pretty much uh, this is moving time for a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is it. As as our pal Matt Money Smith would say, it's nut it's nut cutting time right now. So right. uh, you know, you, you got to be strong. So this is the part of the year when people are starting to build their rosters and their lineups for the fantasy playoffs. We talked about you know, stashing a George Kittle or getting the Browns defense where you can. But uh, I came up with a handful of guys who have some good playoff schedules, but maybe the situations around them aren't the best. So we'll kind of kick around whether or not they can be uh, because we want a clever title for this heroes or zeros. I mean, look, the truth may fall somewhere in between, but we want to be binary here and give you hard and fast things to, uh, to talk about so that you can come back and complain to us in our Twitter mentions when they turn out to not be true. Uh, so let's start. With David Montgomery, who you had as a start this week, and I agree. And I look at his schedule. He's got the Texans, the Vikings, the Jaguars in the fantasy playoffs. We kind of know what the Bears' offensive situation is right now. Is he a fantasy playoff hero or zero for you? Well, I would say that he's a fantasy hero. And I know that things look very terrible for the Chicago Bears right now, and they were embarrassed, per usual, by Aaron Rodgers on (laughs) Sunday Night Football. I, but when you look at their schedule, there is an opportunity that the Bears end up winning nine games this season or at least going eight and eight. And I know it's looked bad losing five consecutive games. They've got a winnable game against Detroit this week. Now they're leveled up again at six and six. You got the Texans, there's a win. You got the Vikings, we'll see. I think that's a win. The Jags, that's a win. Now you're at nine wins. And this team, when they turned the when they turned it over to Bill Lazor, they started running the ball a little bit more, and I thought that they had to abandon the run a little bit too quickly on Sunday night because the Packers just scored at will, and that's that's one of the differences that Akeem Hicks makes for this team. When he's not on the field, that team just was not ready to go, and I'm I'm counting on personal pride winning the day in <laughs> Chicago, and if Akeem Hicks returns and this defense plays well. And they start shutting down the Lions like they always do. And they're able to run the football, which they should be able to do against this Lions team. Now you're going to see the momentum shift. And the Bears are going to do enough to save Matt Nagy's job. Probably Ryan Paces as well. And they're going to go 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7. and seven. That, might, that might be enough to get in the playoffs. You never know. But I think that there's going to be a tide shift for the Bears. And David Montgomery is going to be one of the beneficiaries. So make sure that you're starting him. 
I I keep trying to you know to fit David Montgomery in because I do want better things for him. And I thought once Tariq Cohen went down that that meant great things for him. And look, they they have tried to get him more involved. Um, you know, the production, the uneven production, I don't think has been totally his fault. Uh, but the way the schedule sets up, I, I think he's a guy that you want to have in your lineup. Um, you know, again, I know the trade deadline is over. So folks who have him, though, and have sort of been you know flipping back and forth on whether or not to start him. Now is the time because the schedule works out. And, uh, you know, I, I know for, for Maurice Jones, Drew, he always likes to talk about, you know, cold weather and being having it be hard to throw the football. And, and so that might also work in uh, Montgomery's favor, but I think he's definitely a guy that that you want to have in your lineup uh, for the for the fantasy playoffs. Uh, Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, who has been activated off the COVID nineteen list and and should be ready to roll for Indy this week. He's got the Raiders, uh, the Texans, and the Steelers. That last one maybe not so great, but two of those three very good matchups for Jonathan Taylor. The issue, of course, being that the Colts have a three headed attack in that backfield. Uh, which way are you leaning for JT? Uh, I'm sorry, three-headed attack? Did we forget that Jacoby Brissett <laughs> had a pair of rushing touchdowns? You are correct. By the way, yeah. where is everybody? Where is that? Can I flex Jacoby Brissett? Where are you people? <laughs> where are you today? I want that energy that you had for Taysom Hill to now be applied <laughs> to Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett was an MVP candidate a couple of years ago. <laughs> Two years, last year maybe it was, for a couple of games before he hurt his knee. Now, anyways, the thing is, is I can't, I can't trust it. Like, I just can't trust the situation. And I don't know how anybody, as much as we love Jonathan Taylor, and we thought coming and playing behind this offensive line, that it was a fait accompli, that he was just going to be a league winner for us this season. And it's been anything but. And even Frank Reich himself has come out and said, like, I know it's, I know it's annoying for fantasy managers, but I'm still going to do it. It's like my child. She's five <laughs> years old. She knows what she's doing is annoying me. And yet she's still going to do it. And so that's the problem that I have to deal with every night. And similarly, that's what I have to deal with with the Colts. And this goes back to the the Florio principle where running back targets are three times more valuable than carries. And Naheem Hines seems to be the guy who gets targeted the most. So I would look to him before I would look to Jonathan Taylor as much as we want to make Jonathan Taylor happen. I, I completely agree. I'm definitely on the Naheem Hines train. I think it's – I know that, you know, especially for, for fantasy folks and I think especially for keeper leagues and, and uh, dynasty league people, you want to turn to that younger guy. You want to see him get chances. It's why the Jonathan Taylor hive and the Cam Akers hive gets so buzzy every time any one of those guys does things. But uh, there's just no consistency there. I mean, Naheem Hines is the only guy who has a consistent role in that offense. So he's the guy I trust. Uh, I sort of tried to walk away from this Colts backfield a few weeks ago, and and even a healthy Jonathan Taylor is not going to bring me back because, as you mentioned, Frank Reich seems pretty comfortable with this rotation. And now, if, seriously, if we've got if we got Jacoby Brissett coming in to score rushing touchdowns, then it's really then all bets are off really at this point uh, with Jonathan Taylor and Jordan Wilkins. So uh, I'm I'm done with this one. Um, T Higgins who had been playing very well. His his playoff schedule is against the Cowboys, uh, against the Steelers, and against or at Houston. So that one's on the road. The other two are at home. I would say with, with Joe Burrow, this was a no doubt that he's a hero. Right. Brandon Allen sort of changes the equation from me for me. So how are you feeling about him now? Well, the one thing that I noticed in, this, in that game against the Giants, 
James Bradbury was on AJ Green most of the most of the day, which means that opposing defensive coordinators are still game planning to take AJ Green away, which means that T. Higgins is going to end up with better plus matchups. So for to me, he's a hero for that reason. And I think what we saw last week was a perfect example of why you don't want to bench this player is that even though it seems like nothing is going well, he still ended up with over 15 fantasy points. And I think the same kind of applies to Tyler Boyd. These two players, these two receivers are the most targeted. And we're going to be in games where the Bengals are going to have to throw the football. They've got a, they've got a, let me look at this guy. They've got the Andy Dalton revenge game in week 14. (laughs) The Steelers might be tough. You might have to stream somebody else or not stream, but you might have to start somebody else. I don't know what your roster looks like. But then the final in week 16, again, it's another one where you're dialing him up. So in two of these three games, he's an automatic start for me. So I'm not sweating this at all. I think he's going to be a hero. I've got him. See, I have him as a zero, but it's sort of a hedge because, you know, and I I come back to what I said last week when I was still on the Tyler Boyd train. And I'm still on the Tyler Boyd train. I shouldn't make it sound like I suddenly jumped off. No, we're still there. Uh, yeah, still there, that, that the Bengals are going to have to throw the football, that Brandon Allen had supported a 100-yard receiver in a couple of his starts last year. Uh, it turned out that last week that that guy that he kept going to and making plays with was T. Higgins and not Tyler Boyd. So in that respect, I do still see a path for him. And I think I, I leaned it towards zero just because I think the you know, I think it's going to be a little more inconsistent with Allen than it was with Burrow. And so I think you're, you're, you're not as sure, you're not as confident as you were, but I, I'm with you. I don't think it just completely falls apart. Uh, it's just, you know, like I said at the top of this, it, it feels better with Joe Burrow than it does with Brandon Allen. Um, you know, so I, I, I have some I have thanks, some anxiety. Thanks for that, Marcus. So Joe thanks. Burrow's better. Joe Burrow's better than Brandon Allen. Let me make sure I write that down. I just I just felt like I needed to put thing. that out there in case that hadn't taken root across the interwebs. Uh, you heard it here first. Hey, Joe Burrow. By the way, better, open better bar is better than cash bar. Just wanted to just <laughs> I, is that what we're doing here? <laughs> All right. Uh, last one is Jared Cook, who uh, he's been inconsistent, the picture of inconsistency all year long, but the schedule's really good. He's at the Eagles. He's got the Chiefs. He's got the Vikings to finish out the season. Uh, hero or zero for you in the playoffs? I'm going to go zero because Taysom Hill is just realizing that he might not be the long-term starter for the rest, whatever it is. Who knows? I don't know what Drew Brees' timetable is, but Taysom Hill's out there like he knows this is it. Like he's got house money. <laughs> it's it's 2 a.m. on Saturday morning in Vegas. He's got a flight the next morning. He's making sure he's leaving all of his chips on the table, which I appreciate. That's the way that you should go out. Just go straight to, the, just go straight to McCarran and take off because that always works. <laughs> I, I kind of, but it makes me avoid players like Jared Cook because anytime he gets near the end zone, he does like he's a good pass catcher down the field. I shouldn't, I shouldn't say he's this touchdown dependent person, but like anytime they get inside the 20, Taysom Hill's already of the mind of like, I'm scoring this touchdown, which is cool, but it also hurts. And it's, I don't know, it goes back to the tight end position again. And this is one of the things that we need to talk about in the future. And I've tried to talk about it more and more on Fantasy Live is like next year. After you draft, like after the running backs go off the board in the first round, take Travis Kelsey and maybe even George Kittle. I know it's been a trial. I know it's been a problem with him being injured, but it's like it is so worth it to not have to deal with this situation every week. Because like you said, these are great matchups. You're like, yeah, I would like to start him here. I'd like to start him there. 
I don't know that I can trust it. And it's so, it's so frustrating. It's almost to the point that I want to, I, I would rather have kickers and not have tight ends moving forward. It seems like. <laughs> right. I mean, the, there's this strong band kicker movement on fantasy Twitter. Maybe it should be band tight end. Band tight yeah. ends. Kickers at least seem a little bit more consistent than the tight end position. Um, I, I have Cook as a hero with a giant asterisk, and this could be some some flawed wish casting that, I, that I'm doing here because I, my thought is hopefully Breeze is back sooner than later because that changes the equation. If it's if it's Taysom Hill the rest of the way, then then Cook is a fantasy zero because uh, Taysom Hill is just not going to throw the football enough to make it worthwhile. But I'm I'm still holding out hope. That Breeze will be back for the fantasy playoffs, which certainly will help everybody out. It helps Alvin Kamara. It helps Jared Cook. Uh, it helps Emmanuel Sanders. So that is my thinking here. But again, if if we are riding the Taysom Hill train the rest of the season, then all bets are off. Uh, and I'm out on Jared Cook. And you go somewhere else for tight end help, which, look, if you have Jared Cook on your roster, you've probably been going somewhere else for tight end help for a while now anyway. So uh, nothing really changes for you. So. Good talk. One of the things that we all frequently get in our mentions when people are asking us questions is every once in a while, you, you get somebody who, who jumps in. I was going to say, how did you get this job? That was usually well, that I mean. that one. Yeah, that, that's the one we get a lot too. But there's always the there's always a the person who's always like, hey, so am I crazy for considering? And it's you know something that you know on its face does seem like a little bit nuts. But when you dig into it, maybe there's at least some merit behind the, the thinking of of what it is. So I came up with a few scenarios this week based on guys who maybe aren't playing well or who have tough matchups and whether or not we'd be nuts for benching them. So the first one is, uh, would it be crazy to consider starting Kirk Cousins over Kyler Murray with Kyler struggling and having a tough matchup against the Rams? Uh, I know you've got Kyler as a reassuring start this week, but uh, yeah, would it be nuts to at least consider Kirk Cousins over him? It would be for me because Kirk Cousins literally hates me. Like he cannot <laughs> like me as a, on a human level. <laughs> I have Kirk Cousins as a start. I really do believe that this, again, is another opportunity for him. We have seen Kirk Cousins in the past. Like, anytime he has, like, a can't-miss matchup, he, he finds a way to miss, which is weird because he's so accurate. He's, like, actually an accurate <laughs> passer. The one thing that I fear with this is that this becomes a Dalvin Cook game, and Dalvin Cook ends up mm. with three touchdowns. Kirk Cousins throws for 166 and a touchdown or something like that. Because we're really counting on Mike Glennon to make this a contest that's going to force Kirk Cousins into a position to throw the football. And the one reason why I would also lean towards Kyler Murray is a point that I, I raised earlier. He has 10 rushing touchdowns mm -hmm. this season. So if you're asking me which one of these quarterbacks is most likely to set a floor through his rushing yards and his ability to run the ball into the end zone, I don't think that I'm crazy for saying that it's Kyler Murray. And watch Kirk Cousins go and sneak into Joe, Jacoby Brissett-like touchdowns this week. But I would still, I you're not you're not insane. I understand where you're coming from. Still start Kyler Murray. I still go Kyler Murray because you mentioned the rushing touchdowns, that rushing floor. He's had games where the passing yards haven't been particularly great, but he salvaged the week by running the football effectively. He hasn't done that a lot the last two weeks, but I think. Uh, I think he knows, I think the Cardinals know that for them to be successful offensively, he's got to do that. I, I remember watching them early in the season, and it seemed like their offense had two plays. It was throw the ball to New Hopkins, Kyler runs for a first down. Like, that was kind of how the whole offense worked. Um, they've gotten away from that second part uh, the last couple of weeks, but I think it comes back. And just the fact that he has those 10 rushing touchdowns makes it hard for me to completely pivot 
Um, but you know, hey, that that Kirk Cousins against Jacksonville is is sort of tempting this week. Um, it is. It is. It absolutely is. Uh, Alvin Kamara has been frustrating for a lot of folks the last couple of weeks. It's not his fault, but it is what it is. Uh, is it crazy to think maybe giving Damian Harris some run over AK uh, in week 13? This is why it's so much more enjoyable to play DraftKings because <laughs> it's it's such an easy call. You don't have to think about it because you have the the notion of what's the what's the phrase that money uses sunk cost into mm-hmm. Alvin. I know it's a financial term. I'm not a financial guy, but it just feels like you're compelled to start Alvin Kamara. But it really is troubling because again, going back to the idea that Taysom Hill is just going YOLO. He's he just ordered another. <laughs> Another round of Jaeger bombs. He's now playing with his $25 chips and he's going crazy and he's doing what he's got to do. And in some respects, too, it, it feels like Sean Payton is not putting a burden on Alvin Kamara like it's like it's an extended preseason, <laughs> even though they're they're battling for the number one overall spot. But he's still got some leverage of like, if I don't really need to tax Alvin Kamara here during the regular season. Why would I do that? Because that, like in a normal situation, you would think of a coach like, oh, he's got to get Alvin Kamara involved. But <laughs> does he? Like you're winning. You're not taxing his body. And if you're going to have him fresh in the playoffs, isn't that better than our fantasy team? No, but it is probably for <laughs> Sean Payton. So again, you're not okay, but but at the same time, you're not you're not crazy for thinking this. So I I'm my official stance is I'm still playing Kamara because with Damian Harris. You, you can still lose touchdowns to James White like you did last week. So there's no guarantee. And you got Cam Newton. You're, in, Cam a, Newton. you're in the same boat. Like both players are playing with quarterbacks <laughs> who love to run for touchdowns. So I'd just rather lean towards Alvin Kamara. Plus, I keep believing that one of these weeks they are going to get Kamara more involved. I mean, he went from one target that he didn't catch a couple weeks ago to two targets. He caught one last week. So maybe he gets up to three targets just if we're going uh, by the logic of what's happened. Uh, I mean, but seriously, I, I do think as much as Sean Payton has sort of schemed around Taysom Hill's weaknesses and, and they've had look, they've, they've had some good matches, right? They had the Falcons one week whose defense has a ton of issues. Last week, they had the Broncos, who everybody was focused on the fact that they had to start a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback. Um, and so that certainly helped them quite a bit as well. And now they get the Falcons again. So they haven't really had to, to dig into the bag of tricks. But I do think at some point they want to make sure they get guys involved. And I know it's nice to be able to have that luxury to rest Alvin Kamara. Um, the ceiling is just too high. And as much as I love Damian Harris, and I have been a big Damian Harris proponent for the last month or so, um, I, I still think Kamara, Kamara. And maybe it is the sunk cost fallacy, which I know is not necessarily a true thing. But uh I go back. If, if I sit Alvin Kamara and he has a Kamara-like game, I'm going to be mad at myself for a long time. Oh, or, yeah. uh, you know, versus if I put him in the lineup and he stinks, then I can blame it completely on somebody else. Uh, and my thinking was good. Uh, so there. Yeah, that's the best. To have the yeah. player to blame instead of you. Absolutely. That's always, I never that's always been a oh, – that's always way better. Never want to do that. Uh, all right, so wide receivers here. Uh, Nelson Aguilar has been pretty good for a while. Uh, I know last week was not great against the Falcons. None of the Raiders were particularly great last week. Uh, Amari Cooper has been you know, pretty steady, I will say. I, I always talk about him as being a roller coaster, but I look, his totals have been pretty steady week to week. Um, but a, a tough matchup coming against the Ravens. Aguilar and the Raiders have the Jets. Is it crazy to consider Swagalore over Amari this week? 
No, no, no. It's not crazy. I mean, even though we saw last week with the Raiders, how sometimes the the matchup can seem too good and it just not work out the way that we want it to. Although we would, I think it's, I think it's a little bit more illuminating right now. Like Derek Carr, his wife just recently had a baby had a daughter. He's a girl dad. And I know you know, you're a father, I'm a father. You know how stressful those, those days are before the birth of a child. Not that it's easier once the child has arrived, but still, you know, and it kind of like, I wish we would have thought of that. Like if I would have known that she was that close to being, I blame David for not letting me know. Um, but if we would have known, like I might, I wouldn't have hedged off it, but I, I understand it now. And I do believe that the Raiders are going to bounce back this week. And I like, I like Aguilar. I, I think he's a good player. Still, I look at the way the, the, the roster is. Darren Waller is going to be the most targeted player in that offense. First and Renfro is also there. So I like Aguilar, and I like him in DraftKings. But I think in a, daily, in a, in a, in a season-long format, I'm going to go with Amari Cooper, even though the matchup is really tough. And I thought about this when I was going through my start sits. I, I contemplated sitting Amari Cooper. But like you said, the production has been somewhat consistent. And I do like Andy Dalton, and I think that this offense, again, it comes back to a pride thing. They've had their traditional 10-day break after Thanksgiving, which they used to be always so good coming out of that break. I know things have changed over the years. but And with, with the Ravens having to deal with everything that they've had to deal with, I don't think that it's crazy just to start people against them, especially like elite players like um, Amari Cooper. My, my my argument in favor of Amari Cooper here is that the ceiling for him is way higher than it is for Aguilar. I think Aguilar actually might has a, a they have a similar floor, I would say. Uh, but the ceiling for Cooper is way, way higher. Uh, and actually, the Cowboys have, I think it's a 12-day break, right? Because I believe that's a Tuesday game next week uh, against the Ravens. So they have an even longer break than normal. I mean, it's almost a buy and a half for them. Uh, so I guess they get to kind of get everybody rested. They get more time to work on things, whereas the Ravens, as you mentioned, um, they're still sort of cleaning things up from what has been a crazy week, you know, trying to get guys back off the COVID list. So you know, maybe it is an advantage for the Cowboys in this one. Um, and like I said, I, I like Aguilar, but... It, as much as I do, I can't. I can't quite pull the trigger. So, uh, I guess all these things were, you know, logical and sane thoughts. Uh, but I think we all still went with the the star player <laughs> in pretty much all of these scenarios. Um, so, all right, so there you go. So, if it if it backfires, uh, you know, you come back to us and say, "Hey, we are crazy for uh, for thinking what we thought." <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. Not uh, for. Wouldn't be the first time at all. Hopefully you've been watching the Fantasy Bite Show this season. It stars Adam Rank, Kimmy Checks, and Michael F. Florio. But if you haven't, it's not too late. It streams on Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern, NFL.com, the NFL apps, and YouTube as well. And uh, what is on tap for this week's show, Rank? Well, we're going to be doing Florio's biggest risers to your uh, lineups hitting into week 13 and some go big or go home players just swing and miss guys for the fantasy playoffs we're going to be talking about. So be sure to check out Fantasy Bites tomorrow. Kimmy Checks, Michael Florio, and me. It's promised to be a good time. See, that's all you need. It's a good time. It's informative. What more can you really ask for? I mean, except, you know, maybe free snacks, but, you know, that's on you. Um, <laughs> let's finish out the show as we always do on Wednesday with some wiretaps to the guys that you might have snagged off the waiver wire and whether or not you're starting them this week. We've talked a little bit about the Raiders, but Derek Carr uh, going on the road to take on the Jets after a tough week in Atlanta. Uh, if you were looking for a streamer, would you give Derek Carr some run? 
I would give, yeah, I, I feel like the Raiders are going to bounce back. I think there is a hierarchy to the the guys that we're going to be picking up. I think Kirk Cousins, who was mentioned previously in the show at great length, I think he would probably be somebody I would have a little bit ahead of him. But I do believe that the Raiders are not as bad as what we saw on Sunday against the Falcons. And that's one of the things that happens is that people overreact way too much to week-to-week variances in the NFL. The Raiders, a West Coast-ish team, traveling to play in that 10 a.m. window your quarterback his wife was expecting a baby there was a lot of things going on and I know the the feeling of invincibility I had when I had when my wife had our children uh I think it, it takes you to another level I know he has other kids and everything but he's a girl dad for the first time so I'm really <laughs> excited for him to go out there and show what he can do against the New York Jets completely think they bounced back this week there were so many things kind of going against them he had a bad day uh, i know for a lot of fantasy managers it came at a bad time but i'm willing to sort of re-up with Derek carr this week uh kiki qt a guy we talked about at the top of the show i mean obviously more snaps probably more targets coming his way but this week i got the colts the matchup is not particularly great would you maybe try to force him in a lineup or would you you wait a week no, this is one that I would certainly wait a week. I don't think that there's any rush to get him back into the lineup, but we really do want to see the way that those targets are distributed. We talked earlier about Duke Johnson being the guy who could be the biggest beneficiary of an increase in targets. He had four against the Lions last week. I could see that number going up a little bit. And, of course, QT might get in there. But this seems like a, a bounce-back game for the Colts. Embarrassed, again, embarrassed at home against the Tennessee Titans – I do believe that they get it together and come back and play much better against the Houston Texans. The Texans could be in a position where they're having to throw the football, so that could work out to your favor. But again, I'm going to take more of a cautious approach. I think if you have Brandon Cooks, that's somebody that you're definitely playing. And so that's who I play. I don't play Kiki this week. I stay away from Kiki as well. Brandon Cook steps up. There, there's nobody who's going to replace Will Fuller on a one-to-one basis there. I, I expect that Deshaun Watson's going to kind of spread the football around. Um, there might be some better some better matchups down the line for Kiki QT. This is not one that I would I would try to hammer into that line, that lineup. Um, last one, J.K. Dobbins, who is not going to play on Wednesday afternoon against the Steelers, but has been uh, cleared and, and should be activated off the COVID list, certainly in time for next week's game against the Cowboys. I know the Ravens' backfield has been a mess, but it looks like Dobbins might be taking the lead. Would you would you give him a shot against the Dallas defense? Yeah, you know what? Given the the lack of options at the running back position, this is definitely something that I would look at, and I think that there would be an opportunity for J.K. to come in and play pretty well against this Cowboys team. And if he's healthy and ready to go, I don't see why that would change. And so I, I think this is one that you, you kind of want to risk it. You know, we do have, you know, there's – I see with the questions that come to us on Twitter and other social media platforms like Instagram and whatnot, that some of you are in some dire situations. So if you did have an opportunity to go with J.K. Dobbins, I would probably jump on that. I think that we're still waiting to see that game. Again, like he's in the same category as Jonathan Taylor, where we loved him in college, thought they were going to have a huge opportunity given the teams that they went to, even though he's in a backfield committee, we thought that he would step ahead of them. You know, we've seen this. We've seen this movie before when Alvin Kamara usurped both Adrian Peterson and Mark Ingram in New Orleans. And I thought that we were going to see a repeat with J.K. Dobbins doing it to him in Baltimore. But unfortunately, it's been kind of a, a quagmire. But I think that the Cowboys are a team that you would risk it against. 
I, I should have included J.K. Dobbins when I talked about the Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor hive because J.K. Yeah. Dobbins uh, has a pretty good fan club as well across fantasy Twitter. And I know he had that big game a couple weeks ago. Everybody kind of went nuts. So maybe that's uh, looking forward to a good thing. So I, I, as much as I keep trying to quit this Ravens backfield, they keep giving me reasons to come back. And so I guess uh, J.K. Dobbins is a reason to come back. So we'll see. Uh, again, by the time you listen to this podcast, we will probably have a final score in Ravens Steelers. Uh, so good job, Ravens or Steelers or whomever uh, ends up having. I a can't big believe game it was a tie. That, right, that was wild. Can't believe that how that how that game ended. Man, that was bizarre. Um, anyway, <laughs> for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Show, Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. You know the drill: tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember. Russian dolls are just so full of themselves. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.